This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And this is the prologue on America's Web Radio, a weekly program bringing you introductions to writers and books you may not be familiar with. Now, my name is Doug Dahlgren. I'll be your host. I'm an author myself, and I find and you can find my work on Amazon.com, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, all of those locations online. Now we call this show the prologue because that's exactly what it is. And while our introductions are mainly to writers, we love to bring you interesting people with just a good story to tell from other fields and other endeavors as well. So if you or someone that you know has a book or that interesting story that needs to be shared, please reach out to me, and you can do that through email. There's two ways, Doug at AmericasWebRadio.com or Doug at DougDahlgren.com. Now, I'd love to speak with you or your friend about being a guest on a future program, so please get them to holler up and uh, email me. Now, for this hour, our guest here today brings us one of the most unique and uplifting books that we've had the pleasure to discuss here on the program. It's a love story in the form of a celebration of the life of his wife, a very special and blessed angel, as he puts it. By the end of this hour, most, if not all of you listening, will certainly agree with Bob's assessment. Before we bring him on, let me take just a minute, as we do every week, to welcome two special groups of listeners that we're very proud to have here on the Prologue, our brave folks serving in the armed forces of this country around the world working hard to keep us safe back here at home so we can live our lives as we so often take for granted. Freedom isn't free, folks. It's paid, and bought, bought and paid for every day by our men and women in uniform, and we thank each of them for what they do. I also want to mention our first responders who are here at home. That's those police, fire, EMTs, the 911 operators, folks you don't think about, but it's people that rush to our aid when we need their help. We thank them for what they do, and we also thank them for being listeners. Our guest today brings us the inspirational story of a very special young lady and his life with her. The book is titled God's Blessed Angel, and this is your prologue. As referred to in the title, God's Blessed Angel was a woman who lived and worked her faith. Life has not always been easy for her, or had not always been easy for her. She struggled against one devastating disease at a very early age. Its ravages would stay with her through her 75 years here on this earth. In that time, she met and married the man who would share her love of music and ministry. She became a baker, a teacher, and a world traveler, meeting with and singing for folks like Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, Zig Ziglar, Dave Thomas of Wendy's, Barbara Mandrell, and even Glenn Campbell. This loving, <coughs> excuse me, this loving college, uh, college of recollections, collage of recollections, put together by her husband of over 55 years. The book is called God's Blessed Angel. Author Bob Frauman is here with us for this hour. Welcome to the prologue, Bob. Thank you, Doug. It's so nice to be here and to be able to share what you've been talking about. Thank you very much. Well, we're very honored to have you here, and I apologize for coughing my way through that one. But anyway, we're, we're getting into the good stuff now. 
you were a very well-known minister of music. You're recently retired, and after, what did you say, 33 years? 33 years at my last church, yes, sir. At your last church, that's yes. pretty, pretty good record. Mount S- 60 years of music ministry total. Total, but 33 yes. years at Mount Zion. United, United Methodist, Methodist Church. In Marietta, Georgia. That's uh, just up the street. Isn't yes, sir. Now, uh, tell us about that. How many preachers did you serve at that church? Well, in total in my career, I've worked with 40 preachers. But at this last church, I've worked with eight preachers. That's a lot of training. <laughs> yes, it is. got to get them straight, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. Now, I believe a large number of the Mount Zion people are probably listening this morning, including some old friends that uh, we share from maybe different arenas, but friends that we share. Uh, Tommy and Beverly Harrington would be among them, and I know that we both wish them well this morning. Yeah, Beverly was my organist uh, for several years at uh, the Mount Zion Church and also at a church prior to that, the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church. So she and I have been very close in working together. Well, she's quite a lady in her own right. Yes, she is. uh, We'll have to get her on and talk about what she does for folks uh, in the literary world as well. She's the very best when it comes to an organist. Oh, my goodness. Now, how is retirement going for you? You just sitting back and relaxing? (laughs) Well, my wife wanted me to retire five years ago. That was a few years before she passed away, and I just I couldn't see wanting to give it up. And so I just hung in there. And uh, it's been two and a half years now since she passed away. But uh, I decided last year it was time for me to retire. But I didn't want to retire to nothing. I just, uh, I'm not that kind of a person. So I'm in my new chapter of life. And that is I'm doing tours. I just completed tour number one in Florida, two and a half weeks of sharing her story. And uh, I do a piano concert along with that. And we do it in churches and organizations. And we've done it on TV and uh, venues like that. Outstanding. You brought us your book this morning. Yes. And a beautiful book it is. I hope the folks that are watching can see it here. Uh, it's a loving testimony to your life and also to the person that you call God's blessed angel. Absolutely. And uh, I lived with her for 56 years. We knew each other for 58 years. And uh, she was just that. Why did you write this book? What what prompted you to sit down and actually collect all this information and put it together to share with the rest of us? I knew she was quite a unique lady. And when we would be in Bible studies or any kind of group meetings, and uh, she would share whatever was on her mind or answer questions for people that were in the group, I noticed that they would just like put blinders on and just focus in on what Jan had to say and absorb it like a sponge. And I would just sit on the sidelines, and I noticed that. She did not realize that, but I saw it happen. And I began to realize the important kind of a person she was. And as I go back and reflect on it now, I know why. Because she was really a person that if she didn't spend one or two hours a day in prayer with the Lord, she really felt cheated in life. And so she really strived to do that. And after she passed away, I felt like there's so many unique things about Jan that uh, just had to be shared uh, with my family. And at least that they would have this uh, archived for them as well. 
And then I had so many friends and people outside the family that were wanting to have that same information. And so uh, that's the reason I wrote wrote the book, because uh, many, many times we as individuals, we don't remember our great-grandparents. In many cases, we don't even know who they were or who their name, what their name was. And I did not want that to happen with Jan. And so that's part of my my new chapter in life now is I've written the book, and now I'm out sharing the book as well as uh, the CD that I made for of a piano piano music. Absolutely. We want to talk about that a little bit more yes. later on. Now, Bob, you refer to this book as a biography. Yes. And uh, I must say it's a lot more than that. Uh, let's start off. Tell us what your wife's full name was. Okay, Janice Marie Brown. Frauman. Frauman, yes. There we go. And tell us a little bit about Janice's early years. Okay, that's where the book starts. And uh, the, the, the book is worth reading and the price of the book just, just for that alone. When she was 12 years old, she fell out of bed and her whole left side was paralyzed. And not knowing what was going on, they rushed her to the hospital and, and, and diagnosed her as having polio. And so she was in isolation in polio, and she overheard the doctors tell her parents in the hallway at nighttime, your daughter will never be normal, she'll never be able to walk right, she'll never have children. In fact, we're even thinking of putting her in an iron lung right now. And then they left, not knowing that Jan had heard all this conversation. And can you imagine as a 12-year-old, uh, just being devastated with that kind of information. And so that's the night she gave her heart to the Lord. And she said, if you'll just help me get through this thing, if you'll heal me from polio, uh, I promise you I'll serve you the rest of my life. Well, he did heal her from polio. It took about eight months. There was no vaccine available back then. So it was a God thing. It was a miracle. And during that period of time, she had to go through a lot of therapy to have all those muscles. Remember, her whole left side was paralyzed. And it took about eight months for all that to come back. So during that time, they were not able to put her in public school where she would have to be walking and and exercising in that respect. So they put her in a private school that promoted you as fast as you learn. And she took 10th, 11th, and 12th grades in one year. Imagine that. <laughs> so she graduated from high school when she was 15, and went to college. It was Asbury College up in uh, near Lexington, Kentucky. It's now Asbury University. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania myself, and I was going to college there as well as a freshman. And so she went to college when she was uh, 16. That's when I met her. We were engaged when she was 17 and married her when she was 18. And at 19, she put me through graduate school at Westminster Choir College up at Princeton, New Jersey, and she was teaching fifth grade at the time. So that's where the book starts, from age 12 to age 19 of Jan, all through her teen years, and the wonderful life that she had, and just a wonderful uh, life that we began to enjoy together then. That would be worth just the price of the book alone. Yeah, and that's where the book starts. That's where the book starts. And then it gets better and better and better from there. Now, Robert Frederick Frauman. That's me. Yes, sir. He was no slouch himself, was he? Um, like you said, born in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I want to let you pick that up from there. You've already told us you ended up at Asbury College, and that's where you two met. 
tell us a little bit more. She had some pretty strict rules about dating. Uh, yes. I think that would enter into the conversation, too. Yes, she did. She made a list of 30 qualifications of who she wanted to marry. And she would come in from a date and check it off. Interestingly, she was proposed to three times before I proposed to her. So I was number four on the list, and I kind of teased her and told her I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I barely made it in. Uh, but And I, I, didn't, I, I know I didn't fulfill all 30 of those qualifications. But I found that list, and it is in the book on page 50. And I put it in the book because I wanted people to see what the list was and also encourage people when they make this such an important decision in their life as to who they're going to marry to have some kind of qualifications because I believe the three most important decisions you'll ever make in your life are number one, accepting Christ in your life, number two, who you marry, and number three, what your career is going to be. Because those three things are probably going to guide your life. Not probably, they will guide your life uh, for the, from now on. And so it's just so important that you make those right decisions. It kind of reminds me of the, the uh, guy that saw a lady wear, wearing her ring on the uh, index finger. And he said, ma'am, is that your wedding ring? She said, yes. He said, it's on the wrong finger. She said, I married the wrong guy. <laughs> we are here this morning with Bob Froman. We're talking about his wonderful book dedicated to his wife and about her life. It's called God's Blessed Angels, here on the Prologue, and we'll be back after these short messages. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we are back on the prologue. We're here this morning with Bob Frauman. He's brought us his delightful book called God's Blessed Angel. And the 
person responsible for that title is his wife, Janice, and we've been talking to Bob about this book. I want you to, before we go any further, you were telling us a little bit about your dating and the rules that she had, but let's tell the folks right now, where can they find this book? Because I know people are going to want to order it for themselves. Well, you can uh, email me at bobfrommen.com, and I'll be glad to get the book to you and sign it uh, for you as well. And Frauman is spelled with two N's, F-R-A-U-M-A-N-N, bobfrauman.com. It's also on Amazon as well. Okay, so they can get information on the website and contact you through that and get a signed copy, or they can just go to Amazon if they prefer to do that. Yes, sir. Okay, terrific. Now, we were talking before the break about the rules. She was fairly strict on who she would allow to take her to the movies or anything else, and you seemed to win that uh, that contest. You were actually the fourth in line on the engagements, and and you were accepted. So that that pretty high cotton. How many of the 30 rules did you actually uh, successfully maneuver? I haven't actually checked those out myself because I'm almost afraid to do so. <laughs> but I, 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 I passed on num- enough of them that uh, I made it. Okay. And then uh, tell us more about your life together at Asbury. Well, during that time of our dating, uh, myself and two other fellas organized the gospel team at Asbury, and we traveled on weekends, vacations, summers, etc., uh, all over the United States. In fact, we bought a new 55 Chevy, and we traveled for two and a half years and put 40,000 miles on it, uh, all the way out west as far as Albuquerque and uh, Montrose, Colorado, and Bismarck, North Dakota. And uh, we held over 50 revivals and youth camp meetings and saw 650 young people make decisions for Christ during that period of time. Now, we're working our way through college during that, too, and there weren't any interstates back in those days, so we would travel. When we were out on, like, a summertime, we'd travel at least 500 miles on a weekend. Wow. And just and during that time, we were writing love letters back and forth to each other, Jan and I, where we wrote one every day, every day I was gone. And uh, I have all those letters, and I've put many of those in the uh, book as well so that people could see what we really wanted to have in our life because we, we began our legacy way back when we were dating. We prayed on dates, and you can't get into too much trouble when you're praying on dates. And so we put God first there, and then God first during our courtship of uh uh, our engagement, and I have letters also in the book of 50 years later when she would write me a letter on Valentine's Day or on our anniversary, and you can see the thread of God being the center of all that we did in our whole life. And that, that was our legacy, and we were so fortunate that we we did that. And uh, what I try to share with people whenever I go out on speaking tours is what kind of a legacy are you developing in your life? And many people will say, well, gee whiz, uh, I don't have a legacy like that. So I've, I consider myself very fortunate that Jan and I were able to do that. But today's the first day of the rest of your life. And if you're not happy with your past, start over right now and make those right decisions because we are who we are and where we are in life because of all the choices and decisions that we've made in life. And we can change any time we want to and develop the legacy that God would have us to be. 
uh, in the Bible it says Methuselah lived a thousand years and died. So I don't know what kind of legacy he had. Not much. But uh, Jan and I were very, very fortunate, and we thank God that we were able to put him first in our lives from the very beginning till she passed away. Something you said in there that some people you spoke to about that said they didn't have a legacy. Well, that's wrong. Everybody has a legacy. It's just a matter of what it is. I, I meant they didn't have the legacy that they would like to have. Well, yeah. Or they that was God-driven, think, right. Yeah, they probably didn't think there was one or that it wasn't important. No, you're, you're correct. We all have a legacy, but we can, if we're not happy with it, Amen. today's the first right. day of the rest of your life, we can change it. Now, you were at Asbury, and you uh, were, were you studying music. You are a very gifted and talented pianist. And uh, like yourself, Janice was also a musician. She was a vocalist. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. My my instruments, my major instruments are organ, piano, and trumpet, and choral conducting. And Jan was, and I was a music education major, uh, and Jan was an uh, elementary education major, but she was an incredible vocalist. And so she sang a lot of solos for me over those years. Now, she used that voice, that talent that she had as her ministry Absolutely. in those early years. Absolutely. Tell us about the Royal Heirs. Well, I was in a gospel team with two other guys. I told you about that, and we traveled. She was in a trio of three, three gals that traveled also, not as extensively as we did, but some weekend uh, meetings. And so uh, she did a lot of singing in the trio as well. And she wasn't really comfortable singing solos. And I had to really work with her and conjure her and encourage her and help her to, yes, you do have a beautiful voice, Jan. And uh, I know God can use it. And she finally uh, decided that maybe she did. And and she really does did have an absolutely gorgeous voice. She sang everything from Messiah arias for me to gospel music. Now, who were the Youth Crusaders? Tell us about those. Okay, the Youth Crusaders were the two other guys and myself that traveled together. That was a major, pretty pretty major uh, youth ministry for your age group and for what you were trying to accomplish. Oh, yes. We were all teenagers, and we didn't know what we were doing, except we were out there winning. I saw 650 teenagers make decisions for Christ, and we were just college kids. And we're talking now between 1955 and 1957. Yes. Okay. Yes. And 57 was the year that you and Jan got married. Yes. We were at the end of our junior years, and we talked our parents into the fact that we had already figured out that we could live cheaper off campus together than we could live on campus separate because our parents were both helping us out with our education uh, through college. And so they believed us. And so we were married the end of our ju- junior year. Now, this this brings together not only two people who love each other, but two very, very broadly experienced talents. And so how did that affect? What what did your relationship go from there? How did, how did things develop? Musically, you're speaking? Musically. Uh, and in your ministry, using well, that music for the ministry. During that time also, I was working uh, in, in in a couple of churches in the uh, Lexington, Kentucky area, also over in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. And uh, I was organist, choir director, and youth director at uh, Harrodsburg United Methodist Church. 
And so we were married that year. And so Jan was right in there with me, helping me do youth work and singing in the choir as well as doing solos. In your 55 years of marriage, you played, sang, you gave motivational talks in many churches and in a lot of revival meetings, I'm sure. Now, did did working together always go smoothly? It really did, Doug. And we, we owned a business where we did a lot of motivational speaking and weekend seminars as well as the uh, church seminars. And uh, Jan and I were just like two, pod, two peas in a pod. Uh, we, we always worked together very nicely. That's unusual in itself there. I've had many people say, I don't know if I could do that, spend all that much time with my spouse. I said, well, we did, and we loved it. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. <laughs> now, you've got an entire chapter that's in Jan's own words, and it's uh, a, a speech that she delivered to the congregation of your church back about three years ago, early in uh, yes. 2013. Uh, she'd been diagnosed with cancer uh, about 10 years before that. Yes. And things were kind of coming to a conclusion, as, as, as it turns out. Uh, she spelled out her life and her testimony on that day. Tell us, tell us about that. Uh, in the Methodist Church, once a year they have a guest lady that will come in and uh, give a inspirational talk or seminar. And this particular year, three years ago, uh, they decided to, instead of bringing somebody in, let's have Jan speak. Jan had just had her leg amputated uh, from cancer, and so uh, she gave her testimony uh, about everything we've been talking about here. And in, in the book, I have included 10 QRs, and a QR stands for quick response. And if you have a smartphone and an app for it, which a free app, you can click on that QR and you can actually see Jan, which takes you to YouTube. You can actually see Jan giving that testimony and about how she accepted Christ in her life when she discovered she had polio and all the years that we had uh, raising two boys. So uh, that's, that's the neat thing about, one of the neat things about this whole book is that these QRs make the whole book come alive. That's just one of ten QRs that are in the book. So people can actually read her words from that day and listen to them. Yes. That's amazing. And if they don't have a smartphone, there's a web address that will take you also to uh, YouTube. Okay. Now, Jan also wrote about conversations that she had with God, talking to the Lord. Now, in fact, she journalized those. She wrote these down in a journal that I believe you said you really weren't aware of until after she had left us. Right. Uh, This was one of the main motivations for my writing the book was when I discovered 300 pages over a 16-year period of Jan journaling conversations with God. And uh, that didn't surprise me at all because that's just the kind of a gal she was, and she wrote down almost everything. But I found these conversations with God, and uh, may I tell you what one was? Absolutely. We love you. And this was, it goes like this, and she always did it in the middle of the night. And I'm sleeping. So uh, this is one of the, I'm just going to quote it as she wrote it. And uh, this is God speaking through the Holy Spirit. Jan, I'm so glad you got up at 4 o'clock this morning so that we could spend some time together. Now, yesterday when we were talking, you promised me you would spend two hours in prayer and devotion and Bible reading 
working on that Bible study that you and I have, have been working on together. You promised me you would spend two hours, and you did not. Why? And Jan comes back and says, well, God, I'm so sorry, but I got busy. <laughs> and Bob needed me for some things. And God, through the Holy Spirit, comes back and says, well, Jan, who's more important, Bob or me? And when I read that, I thought, wow. I've never had conversations like that with God. I've had strong feelings, but just like you and I are talking here, Doug, I've never had that kind of a conversation, and I don't know anybody else that has. I'm sure there are people that have had that. And so I excerpted out of those 300 pages many of those conversations of God and Jan talking that she had journaled. I think everybody has had the experience, but maybe not uh, writing them down quite that way. So that that's very interesting and, and something that people will be interested in. We're here this morning with Bob Frauman. He's talking to us today about his book, God's Blessed Angel. And we will be back with more after these short messages. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And my name is Doug Dahlgren. We're here on the Prologue on America's Web Radio. Our guest today is Bob Frauman. He brings us his book about his wife. He titled it God's Blessed Angel, and we've been talking about why he picked that title and why it's so well-deserved in her case. We were talking about her conversations with God, and I want people to understand we've, we've all done that. We call it different things. We manifest it in different ways. Janice wrote these down, and Bob wasn't aware of them until after she had passed. 
she had cancer and tell us tell us a little bit more about how this cancer yeah. affected her and in those last years of her life would you do that sure uh, after she was healed from polio she lived a wonderful productive exciting life you would never have known it and uh, she had two, we had two children four grandchildren four great-grandchildren and so all those things that the doctors told her uh, would not happen did happen because God healed her and blessed her uh, but the last years of her life she contracted uh, cancer in her thigh it was just a little bump and then then hurt her or no pain is associated with it but it just was a little bothersome and she had it checked out and found out it was like a pyramid in her leg and uh, they had to shrink it down with chemo and radiation radiation really uh, so that they could operate on it and try to save the leg and all that worked out and uh, that cancer never came back but a radiation induced cancer came and that we never could get control of. She had eight or eight operations on that leg over an eight-year period to uh, try to get rid of that cancer. And finally, uh, the leg, uh, the bone uh, broke in in her leg because it had deteriorated because of radiation. So they did have to amputate her leg. Now we're talking about the right leg. The polio had affected her left side. Right. The polio, we called it the polio leg and the good leg. And the cancer happened in the good leg. So interestingly, she was able to hop around a little bit on the polio leg, which uh, obviously was healed years and years ago. So they, uh, when they operated, they, they, they took her leg, and she lived two years after that. And actually when she was given her, her testimony in church that we talked about in the last segment, uh, you can see her sitting in front of the church with uh, the one leg amputated. You mentioned to me during the break about eighty twenty. You want to talk about? Oh that? yes, uh, I, I feel like each of us has a circle of our life, which is a hundred percent of who we are and what we're what hopefully going to accomplish in life. And I feel like with all that Jim was doing, and she was writing a new Bible study during all this period period of time during the chemo and radiation days and the cancer days she was just so as active as she could be and i felt like she was never able to really complete all that she wanted to do and i feel like god had inspired her to do so i feel like she maybe did about 80 percent of her life not the 100 percent and so i feel driven and have a passion to share what i feel is like the rest of what jan was working toward uh, of her life to complete her circle of 100%, if you can just visualize uh, that in your mind out there. I think all of us that have uh, mm-hmm. a partner that we can count on, uh, a wife, I know I do, uh, That's we, we feel fortunate if we can say that we contributed 20%. Yes, uh, yes. Well, the, that's the, why I'm doing these tours. There you go. And I'm doing a tour a month. I just f- completed tour number one. I'm doing tour number two in, in uh uh, Alabama and the Panhandle, Florida, this month, and uh, I'm available to come to churches or organizations. Uh, I'm doing one tour a month on Wednesdays or and Sundays primarily. So uh, I'd be happy to come to your church or your organization and share everything that we have with Jan's book and my CD. How do they get in touch with you to arrange that? 
Again, you could reach me at my website, uh, bobfrowman at yahoo.com. Okay. Or there's actually uh, bobfrowman.com. Yes. Is, is just the website. And you've got links through there. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's www.bobfrowman.com. Exactly. Wonderful. All right. I think Yahoo would probably be an email. That's right. I'm sorry. That is the email. Now, obviously, you two were very, very important to the life of that church. And we're speaking of Mount Zion. You were there for 33 years. Later in uh, 2013, uh, the world and you lost Janice. And there was a great celebration service held at that church. Many people were speakers. Now, you've got Q&Rs in the book to many of those who spoke that day, but tell us a little bit about how that service went. That had to have been just really uh, an inspirational day. Well, I planned the whole service, and uh, I had several family members who wanted to say a few words, and it turned out to be a lengthy few words but we did have it all professionally uh, videoed, and uh, so we took that and scripted it, and several chapters in the book are of her uh, children and her grandchildren, as well as myself, uh, sharing what, what, what Jen was to them as a mother and a grandmother. Now, speaking of family, you had two sons and their families. Tell us about them and their lives, would you? I have two boys. One lives in Austin, Texas. That's Rick. The other one lives in Canton, Ohio. That's Greg. And uh, they uh, are in their 50s and 40s. And uh, they share as well in the book. And you can read about that on and form up on the QRs or on the web, web address. But they have been wonderful children to raise. And they both are musicians as well. In fact, both of them sang uh, at her service. So apples didn't fall far from the tree. Right. That's good. Jan believed in blessings, and she talked and taught quite a great deal about the old Jewish traditions from the Old Testament. Uh, Explain that. Explain that to our audience today, what, what that's all about. Making a long story short, she, through a few contacts, met some people who were uh, of the Jewish faith and uh, was talking with them about what they do uh, based out of the Old Testament. And the, and the Jewish people in the Old Testament had blessings for just about everything. I mean, many, many, many blessings. And Jan got to thinking, why Why don't we as uh, the Christian faith, where, where do we lose all this? Because we don't talk about it or think about it uh, much uh, in, in this day and age. And so through a lot of study and uh, with individuals in the Old Testament, she decided that she would write some of this down. And so she put together a study that was really based on the blessings that come out of the Jewish traditions, and that was a Bible study. And uh, she personally wrote 17 blessings that I have in the book and there are blessings for your wife, your husband, your grandchild, your home, your job. Uh, blessings of that that uh, of that venue, and she has them also uh, written so that they can be framed in five by seven or eight by ten, which I have available also to people who would be interested in having a gift for somebody like that. 
So she uh, started teaching that, and uh, that that was really her passion during her days of fighting cancer to try to pull all that together, and she never was really able to quite finish that. That's what I was talking about earlier, that 20% part of her life she was really working on. And so I have a passion to go out here and share through the book and share in uh, uh, seminars that I do what JAM is about and how that can be such a blessing. Because we of the Christian faith don't think about that or talk about that much. And Jan tells in the book through me how and why these blessings are so important. And so I have many of them written out that they can use for their children before they go to school. Uh, They can use when they buy a new home or they want to bless their home or have blessings upon their job. And she has that all written out, and I have that all written in the book. Now, this didn't come as any great surprise or a revelation to you. Your mother believed in these traditions as well. So you, you had this instilled in you from... I did. And that's what's so interesting here is my mother prayed for me every day before I went to school that I would have a good day at school, I'd get along with my teachers <laughs> and get along with my uh, friends, that I would be safe. And uh, I thought that was normal. Then I found out that that's not the normal thing that happens uh, for children going off to school. And so Jan did that with our boys, and uh, it's just uh, just a wonderful way to start your day with a blessing from the Lord uh, that whatever you're going to be doing. This book talks a great deal about your relationship uh, and your faith. and it is yet it's a love story. There's a great section in there. We've talked about it a good deal this morning, but again, uh, a lot of this book is truly uh, love letters from you and and Jan together uh, during your courtship and engagement, and and all of this was really while you were still young and traveling around, uh, beginning your own lives, starting out your ministries, uh, and yet you continued this throughout your married life. Isn't that true? That's correct. We wrote a love letter every day that we were apart from each other, and every letter had five to ten pages in it. Now, what all you can say in five to ten pages, day after day after day, uh, means obviously you're, you're really in love. And I have all those letters, and I have many of those letters in the book. The cancer, we, we've talked about it, the cancer was actually a ten-year period. Yes. That would have stopped a lot of people, but it didn't really stop Jan. Never stopped her. I never, ever heard her complain or question or anything to the Lord as to why she had to suffer that for 10 years. Sometimes there's not really an answer to a question like that. I know. Uh, but she, she, had, she just has such great faith. And to me, it was an honor and a privilege that I could be her caretaker during all that. You mentioned caretakers. At every step of her ordeal, she shared her love of the Lord with everybody that she came in contact with, whether it be the doctors, nurses, caregivers, uh, other pastors, and of course your friends. Um, she touched I've, a I've, great I've, number. I've heard the. I heard a chaplain at the hospital one time when he left. He said, "Ma'am, I came here to help you and pray with you and bless you, but you've blessed me." Um, that's an amazing <laughs> legacy. We yes. spoke of legacies earlier. That truly is one. Again, folks, we're here this morning on America's Web Radio. This show is called A Prologue, and our guest today is Bob mm-hmm. Frauman. 
He's brought us his book, God's Blessed Angel, and we are going to be back with him to finish up after these messages. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to America's WebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And good morning again. My name's Doug Dahlgren. We're here on the prologue with Bob Frauman. We've got his book, and uh, we also have some other material that he's brought that we're going to get to in just a minute. But Bob's book is called God's Blessed Angel. Tell us again where folks can find the, this book, Bob. All right, they can email me, and I'd be happy to send them a signed copy at bobfrauman at yahoo.com. And I've also produced a CD of my piano music, and if they want both of these, we can put a discount on both of them. Oh, wonderful. All right, so it sounds like you need to get busy there and look him up on that website. (laughs) Uh, Jan is still remembered today as a godly Christian woman and a southern lady. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people don't really understand how valuable that last one is. A southern, true southern lady is uh, quite quite a pedigree. And uh, it's somebody who put God first always in their thoughts and uh, what they do for others. Uh, what a great testimony that would be. Tell us a little bit more about your wife and, and why she deserved that recognition. Well, you you nailed it there, Doug. She was a Southern lady in every respect. And I was from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was such a joy to find and marry a a Southern lady who taught me so much about the Southern culture and and the wonderful way of of living in, in that style. And so I adapted to that very quickly. Her singing was quite beautiful we don't really have anything this cd is is really you playing the piano 
tell us a little bit more about that CD and what you've done here, because it's it's a collaboration of of different worlds, really, isn't it? Yes. Uh, well, as far as her singing is concerned, one of the QRs in web addresses is Jan singing five songs, and uh, everything from O Solo Mio to with some Christian words to uh, gospel music. And uh, so they can pick Jan up on that in in the book on a QR. Now, as far as my my CD is concerned, my children came to me several years ago and said, "Dad, you need to write down all your uh, music arrangements at the uh, at the piano." And I said, "Well, that's just a lot of trouble. Why don't I just record it?" And so uh, my older son Rick had a recording studio which was digital, and so he said, "Well, let's get together and we'll do it." And I didn't want to just put out a CD of just piano music, so I was trying to figure out what what I could do that would be unique. So I came up with the idea of blending classical music with Christian music. And I was trained as a classical pianist for 10 years. And so I sat down and just started writing down, well, what, what could I put together? And for instance, uh, the Warsaw Concerto and To God Be the Glory uh, have similar themes in them and so I put those two together and then Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and How Great Thou Art uh, have very similar melodies and then I overlaid uh, Claire de Lune with Sweet Hour of Prayer that's on here but I also have uh, uh, Tchaikovsky's Piano Concerto Number 1 and Grace Con- Piano Concerto and Mozart's Sonata in C I did that with Let There Be Peace on Earth and Chopin's Nocturne, along with uh, His Eyes on the Sparrow, and the Moonlight Sonata with uh, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. So that, those are just a few of the numbers that are on this CD. And a few years ago, my senator, Johnny Isaacson, who is a member of our church as well, asked me if I would play some of these at the National Prayer Breakfast uh, about five years ago in D.C., and so he arranged that I could be there. So the first two numbers on my CD is what I played there. And uh, the president and most of his cabinet were there. And 119 foreign countries were represented with the 4,000 people uh, in that audience. Amazing. Uh, you did the arrangements? Oh, yes. These are all my arrangements. And they're all in my head. So that was why my children were saying, Dad, we got to put this down somehow. So that's the way I did it through the uh, CD. And you mentioned earlier that uh, if folks will contact you on the website, that you can make a deal to them or, or let's say a discount of some sort uh, for the book and the CD is a package deal. Is that right? Yeah, at Amazon, the book is $19 plus tax. I sell it for 15 and my CD goes for $10. And if they want both of them, they can have both for 20 Oh, my goodness. And so that would be plus shipping uh, as far as that would be concerned. So, yes, uh, I just want, and, and when I go into churches or organizations, I tell the story like we've been telling here of Jan and me, primarily of her, obviously, and then I play about a half hour uh, mini piano concert of some of my arrangements, and I also take uh, selections from the audience and make up an arrangement on the spot. Now, these this music is you, but All. you did... All me. All you. Okay. Yes. But there are recordings available through these QRs of Jan 
in the book. And again, for those of us who uh, may not be as technically uh, up to snuff as some, get your grandkids to show you. Get out the self. Everybody's got a smartphone today, whether you use it just for phone calls or whether you play games on it or take pictures with it or whatever. And there, there is a free app that you can have on your smartphone that will take you to any the, that you can use on QRs. And all you have to do is click on the QR, and, uh, and it comes right up. And these QRs are throughout the book. Ten of them, yes. Okay. It's kind of like uh, going to the grocery store and, and clicking on uh, information there about the products or whatever. Here we go. I don't know if folks that are watching us. Down in the corner there, you can see the little QR. It's similar to a barcode, only yeah. it's a square and with a bunch of squiggly things in it and uh, that's what a qr is now one of jan's songs that the people who are from mount zion or who've heard her sing what her signature song was a song called prayer yes uh of course you'll have to get the book and you have to play the qr to get that to hear it but tell us a little bit about that song and why that was so important interestingly i heard this song uh, on the radio and i thought wow and i only heard it once I've never heard it since. I have never seen the music to it. But I remembered in my head how it went, and it's just simply called Prayer. And that became Jan's signature song because she was such a prayer warrior. And so everywhere we went, people always wanted her to sing Prayer. Beautiful. So if you want to hear what it sounds like, get the book and click on the QR. And these QRs also have some some testimonies and and tales told by other friends uh that are in here mostly uh, mostly family mostly family yes. grandchildren uh there was a doctor i think that was in, uh, he, had something to say well the doctor has uh several doctors had entrance uh uh in the book but they're not on the qr and johnny isaacson is, is he, he's just been, he's mentioned in the book mentioned in the book yes okay. sir we mentioned beverly smith harrington a while ago doesn't beverly have a little spot in there She's mentioned in there. I had several people write letters, and I think that's what you're referring to, Doug. Okay. Uh, several people write letters to me about Jan and what Jan meant in their life. And I, Johnny Isaacson and Beverly Harrington and several people like that, a lot of her doctors. And I had people write letters that knew Jan from high school all the way through our marriage. And I have all those in there because I wanted people to see, again, the thread that of how God used her and God was the center of her life and how people who knew her back in the 50s and knew her a few years ago, it's still the same. The consistency of it all. Absolutely. The consistency of her life. And that's so important to be just having God as the center of your life. And we really strived uh, to, to do that. Because we wanted God's will for our life more than anything. You mentioned earlier, and having that consistency, maintaining it through the life that you had, the travels and the people that you've met, some very high-profile folks. Now you mentioned going to the National Prayer Breakfast. Uh, that had to really be uh, an ego trip. Let's just say it right straight out. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, but but it, was, it was a wonderful, humbling trip as well. True. How about telling us about some of the other folks that you were around, some of the folks that we, we touched on earlier uh, that you were able to perform for and play with, and I think Jan sang with some of these people. Give us some of the names of the folks people will recognize. John Davidson was doing a show in Las Vegas, and uh, he asked for 
people who had who wanted to celebrate a certain date in their life, and and I yelled out to him fifty seven, which was the year we were married. And he came down off the stage and had Jan scoot back, and he sat in her lap, put his arm around her, and he had the band strike up Tammy. And while he was singing Tammy to her, she started humming along with him. And uh, at the bridge, he said, sing along with me. So there was John Davidson and Jan doing a duet in Las Vegas for several thousand people. And that was on her birthday. And I thought, I told her, I said, I don't know what I can do next year to help celebrate your birthday. <laughs> stuff like so that. Interesting is, situations like yeah, that, yes. Yeah, you wonder where the inspiration for stuff like that comes from sometimes. Yes. You know, how how did John Davidson manage to pick her out? You know, <laughs> that's the thing. Um you know, we're running out of time here this morning. This has been a wonderful hour. Uh, can you think of anything that we need to add that we just uh, failed to mention this morning? I think we pretty well covered it here. Uh, I'm just excited to have this new chapter in my life, and uh, I have a passion for sharing who Jen was and using her as an example of if you do what Jen did, you can have the same exact uh, excitement in your life and legacy in your life. And again, many people can't say that because they weren't even thinking that way back in their early days. But today, again, today is is the first day of the rest of your life. And life is full of choices. And we are today exactly who we are by the choices we've made. And if we're not happy with those choices, change that and make some choices, God-driven, that uh, he will bless us and begin a new legacy anytime, anywhere that you are in your life. Absolutely. Folks, the word to take away from this morning is legacy. Yes, sir. It's yours. It's in your hands. Bob, thank you so much. I want to appreciate you being here as a guest and bringing us this book. Um, Folks, www.bobfrauman.com for more information about it. And there you have it. Audience, you have been introduced to another great man, an author, and his book. Now it's up to you to follow up, get out there, order this book, find out more information about him and Jan, and you will be blessed for doing so. My thanks to each and every one of you for listening, and I hope that you will be with us again next week. Uh, If you've missed a show, you can uh, find it on the archives at americaswebradio.com. Once again, thank you for being here. My name is Doug Dahlgren. You've been listening to the prologue. Be good to yourselves and each other. Read a book. If not Bob's, maybe one of mine. And I'll see you all again in just 167 hours. Take care now. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.